Welcome back to another episode of Brickhouse Pod. I am Joseph Brennan. I'm sitting with Andrew Pissarro. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Brickhouse Pod at Andrew Pissarro at ba da 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 da. And at uh, Andrew Pissarro. Yeah, I said that already. Oh, okay. Yeah, but thanks for the plug, Chief. Yeah, anytime, uh, man. Anyway. Uh, uh, thank you very much for sticking with us for 16 episodes. Um, this is number 17. Well, no, we're on season two. We're on season two. Season two, episode two. We got a big episode. We got a big. We got, we got a big special guest coming on. That's right. That's you, right. So this one was started because I did some diving and some DM. It's going down in the DM. I've noticed that like I'm not checking my text messages after a long night out. I'm starting to check my Instagram DMs, and I'm a little concerned about that. It's a lot. It's a lot of, there's a lot of risk and not a lot of reward. Do you, do you need a phone number? Mm, no. The Instagram DMs are a magical place. It landed us our guest today. I literally went into the Instagram DMs and started talking shit. And we got a guest for, out of it. All right. Win some, you lose some. In this, in this case, we won some. But yeah, catch me on Friday night in the DMs. <laughs> so today I was reading the newspaper. Yeah. You read the newspaper? You fucking square? I do read the newspaper. Of course you do. Yeah, my dad. My dad taught me well. Kid won't get a fucking iPhone. Reads the fucking newspaper. Oh, I, it stays I know with one dying industry. Won't I know get I'm going to hear that one. later. <laughs> so, um, our favorite drink, White Claw, which we are not drinking today. I know they didn't have it at the bodega. I don't want to talk about. We it. We went to two bodegas. Actually. We literally went to two bodegas. Actually, I went to three. I went to one before. Anyway, I digress. Which bodega did you go to? The one that had the skunked rolling rocks. Well, uh, well, that wasn't a bodega. You went to a grocery store. I, there is a bodega on Broadway that has White Claw, but that I digress. All right, that grocery store did not, but it had $3 blackberries, so. <laughs> anyway, enough about fruit. Um, so the newspaper had an article about uh, summer hard seltzers. So it, it ranked all these hard seltzer did beverages. Did it rank the new Four loco one? It did not, and it, it did count. not dank. dank. It dank. did not rank the dank Natty Light seltzer. Which we cannot confirm nor deny. If yeah, it's so automatically, it's a bullshit. Right, it's irrelevant article. But anyway, they ranked White Claw as a fucking C minus. Why? They said it, it tasted like fucking aspartame, fake sugar shit. It tasted. I like, want it to taste like. I that. think the article said it tasted like dirty toilet seat. Well, the only way that guy knows that it tastes like dirty toilet seat is if he's tasted dirty toilet seat. So lawyered. That guy you can't trust because who tastes a dirty toilet seat? I've Trash writers. I've thrown up exactly. I've thrown up in a toilet before. We've all done it, whether we were sick from drinking or sick from regular life. And did you taste the backsplash? Never once in my life. This guy. This guy has probably licked toilet seats. How do you declare something as a tasting like dirt? Like Maybe he's seat? part dog. That. I, we're talking about some bestiality shit. I don't want to go down that road, Joe. Not today. Definitely I will say today. he did mention some some weird drinks that I kind of want to try. Yeah. One of them is called High Noon. It's like a like a grapefruit vodka in a can. I'm in for that. Sounds. I like grapefruit. Grapefruit's a great it's, taste. It's refreshing. Yeah. That's a you know what grapefruit has, has a very big uh, a big part of. White Claw grapefruit. Uh, no shit, Sherlock. But <laughs> what what other alcoholic drink have I been known to partake of? Much too long. Gin bucket? Yeah. There's grapefruit and gin bucket? Fresca has like a grapefruit. Like the predominant flavor in Fresca is grapefruit. Ah, the more you know. Yeah. That's why it was so refreshing. I see. I see. There was another drink on this list that I, I want to try. But only one of because it, it sounds a bit dangerous. Uh, it's called Fogu. 
Fogu, it's F-O-G-U, bourbon whiskey highball. It's 10% alcohol in a can. That's why it's dangerous, but it got a B plus according to the trash writer, so. Well, fuck that guy. I mean, I'll try a can. I'll try one can of it. So we did talk about White Claw a little bit with our guest who's coming up next. Uh, Say a special hello to Mr. Ryan J. Bailey, at Ryan J. Bailey on Instagram and Twitter. Here we are. We're on Brickhouse Podcast. i got a very special guest that I'd like to welcome onto the Brickhouse Podcast. You know why I'm so pumped up to ask him onto the, the, the Ghost Gold Podcast? Because he's been on the Ghost Gold Podcast. Ah. Yes. We got a soccer aficionado, but also a big music aficionado, one Ryan Bailey, at Ryan J. Bailey on Twitter and Instagram. Ryan, how are you doing this afternoon? Very good. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Can I ask, what does Brickhouse mean? It's, it's just a, a stupid name that we came up with when we were half drunk. In a, a basement bar. Joe came up with the name, with the with the meaning for the B-R-I-K is. You should tell him what that is. Did I? Yeah, we came up with that last week. Remember that? Oh, I don't remember that. Uh, bringing real idiots knowledge. That's ah, what we're yes, doing yes, on this yes, podcast. Okay. We're, we're talking about music oh. that people don't know about that they should know about, which is what spurned your introduction to this podcast. Well, hang on a second. Bringing real idiots knowledge. That depends a lot on apostrophe placement, whether it's you're the idiots or the listeners. Exactly. That, you see, yeah. That's, that's up to your interpretation. 100%. 100%. I would say sometimes we're the idiots and sometimes we're not. More than not. But I would say idiots. more than not. Definitely more than not. Uh, so Ryan works for Yahoo Sports. He also works with The Athletic. He's formerly of a podcast that I miss a lot called the Dirty Tackle Podcast. Can you confirm nor de- deny that Theo Messi is currently alive? I will confirm nor deny it, correct. Okay, cool. Good to know. Uh, no one who listens to this podcast is going to get that reference, but me and Ryan, I'm okay with that. <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. Exactly. Uh, so what spurned your, your introduction to this podcast was you went to a concert the other day. You went to go see Noel Gallagher and his high-flying birds, and you saw the Smashing Pumpkins, and you had an insanely low ticket price for this show, and I'm, I'm very jealous that you got a 1995 ticket to go see those two incredible acts. Yeah, it was pretty good. Well, there is a that's not quite the whole story. The ticket face value was $19.50, but the Ticketmaster fees were something like $21. It was like 42 in total. I've never seen the fees exceed the ticket price before, and I was disgusted. Well, definitely, as you should be. But to be fair, $42 for those, maybe that's because we're like... We're in New York. Like, a $10 beer is a regular thing for us. Yeah. So, like, a $42 ticket for, for Noel Gallagher and his High Flying Birds and Smashing Pumpkins at the Garden, you're not getting in the building for $42. Right. Yeah, I'll, I'll put it in context. Like, uh, a week ago, just over a week ago, I saw John Mayer and I paid $200, and I was further away than I was uh, at this uh, Smashing Pumpkins uh, concert. I'm going to see Queen tomorrow night, and I paid about 120 for that. I'm a little further back than that, too. So this was exceptionally cheap. I'll give you that. And it was even better because um, we, it, it was raining and we, were in, we weren't undercover. And then this guy kept, started handing out tickets and he put us about 10 rows from the front, front and center, 10 rows in and we, on our $42 tickets. It was amazing. That's awesome. How much were the service fees on the Queen concert? I haven't looked. They are not, they are not they, they did not exceed the face value, I can assure you that. Actually they're probably about seventeen or eighteen dollars. I think I did look, but yeah. They weren't as outrageous the ratio wise, definitely. All right. So you you answered one of my podcast questions already. I was gonna ask you what was the last concert before this concert you saw and what the next one you were gonna see. So you already hit that. So I'll ask you my other question. What was the last song you listened to before coming on this pod? Oh my gosh. Uh, it was by a band called Friendly Fires from their new album. I went to um, university with one with the uh, guitar player, 
and they're a very good band and I enjoy them very much. And their new album came out, I think, last week and it's great. You heard it right here. Listen to the new Friendly Fires album. We, we played them on the radio a few times in college. Did we really? I, yes, we did. Okay. <laughs> the more I know. Um, but the real reason we got into this was I'm of the belief that the Smashing Pumpkins are better than Noel Gallagher and his High Flying Birds because who opened that show? Uh, technically, AFI opened the show, who like an old school punk band. Wow. And then it, was, then it was Noel Gallagher. Then it was Smashing Pumpkins. So you got three bands for 42 bucks. That's fucking amazing. <laughs> I, I will say I used to love AFI. I, yeah, I used to get down to some AFI. Their AFI was on a uh, one of, they had a track on one of the Maddens that I had. Then I played religiously. Ba- they used to be basically like a misfits like wannabe band. Yeah, I saw them about fifteen years ago supporting Offspring, and I, they, were, they were quite good. But I didn't get, I didn't get in there in time for this one. We were uh, indulging in the fine American tradition of tailgating, i.e., sitting by a car with a lukewarm beer. Uh, well, I heard that lukewarm beer might have been uh, one of our favorite adult beverages because <gasps> apparently it had, well, we know it has 100 calories, 5% alcohol, and 100% chance of a young woman coming up and talking to you about it. And that would be God's gift from the earth, White Claw. You know I'm a claw dog. Oh, yes. <laughs> All right. What's your favorite flavor? Black cherry. Oh, I see. I'm a mango guy. You got oh, yeah? it. Yeah, the mango's very good, Joe. So I, I, ha- I take black cherry as well. Black cherry is great because cherry coke cherry th- generally enhances things very well, and I had a I know someone who has a theory. You know, like Lacroix or Lacroix, however you want to pronounce it. The water, he says that all the flavors are identical, and I think that's an outrageous statement because they're not. And I think some people feel that way about that kind of like the the claw as well. But you know, they're just haters. no nuance. Yes. All right. So why is Noel Gallagher better than the Smashing Pumpkins? Why is that even a question? Because I want because I I was doing some research on this and. Now, there is not just a generational divide that's not at me taking a shot at you being older than me. It's just a fact that there is a cultural divide here. Obviously, Joe and I are – I'm born and raised in D.C. Joe's born and raised in New York. But you're born and raised in, in England. So right. I feel like there's – like I enjoy Oasis and I listen to his the, the first album that he put out with the High Flying Birds on my way home the other day. Had and them I, at the radio station as well. Uh, I enjoyed it. Nice. Wasn't my like favorite thing ever. But like it was good. But – Smashing Pumpkins to me have a different cultural impact than than explain it to me why yeah. why Noel Gallagher's better. Okay, I get that, and obviously when I was at the concert, I could see a lot more people were probably into Smashing Pumpkins than Noel Gallagher. They got they were headlining and they had more fans there, and I see how they have a bigger cultural impact in the U.S. But I would what I would say is that Noel Gallagher and Oasis were genre and generation defining, whereas Smashing Pumpkins just kind of fit into the oeuvre. They're very good. And very good at what they did, but there was two or three other bands who are as good as them. Whereas Oasis, when I was in school, like Nolan and Liam Gallagher were on the front of the paper every single day. Like everyone knew their songs. It was like it was it was like Beatlemania. It it was it just felt so important. And I think those songs. I think Noel Gallagher has written many better, many genre uh, uh, generation defining songs. Like say when there was those Manchester bombings. Was it last year or two years ago at that Ariana yeah. Grande concert? In Manchester, they're all singing Don't Let Mac in Anger in the streets and things. I don't see anyone doing that with Smashing Pumpkins songs. That's a fair. I'll give you that. So I know the Blur Oasis uh, um, debate is pretty popular. What would you take out of the two? Uh, I like them both. And uh, that sort of big rivalry came when Oasis released Roll With It from Morning Glory and Blur released a song Country House from The Great Escape. And they had this battle to get to number one in the uk charts and that was like insane that was so hyped up in the uk 
and um, Blur won because they got to number one and Rolls it didn't. Um, but they didn't. They won the battle. They didn't win the war because obviously Oasis were bigger and more culturally significant in the end. But I think they're both great bands. They're just very different. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of sort of slanging matches between the two bands. But now it seems like they kind of get along. See, all right. I think I might have another bias against Oasis, and it's that I fucking hate Manchester City. And Liam <laughs> and Noel Gallagher are both gigantic Manchester City fans since before they were good. So like, I have to give them the respect of that. But I kind of like. But who wins in a fight, Liam or Noel Gallagher? Like they're they're, they're like put them in the middle of a ring. Who's winning that fight? Oh, Liam's younger. I go with Liam. He's probably been in more brawls as well. He's he like he got. He got into a brawl with like it was like mafia or something, and he lost all his front teeth at one point. So uh, he he's he's a uh, he's battle ready. Would you pay for that? Would you pay to watch that? If there was someone get their teeth knocked out? Oh, no, 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 no. Liam versus <laughs> Liam versus Noel Gallagher. Would you pay uh, to watch that? There was this show on, on MTV back in the day. This might be dating me, but it was like plasticine models, and it was celebrity death. Was it called celebrity death match where they were like fight each other, and it was Ce- like plastic- celebrity death match. Yes, celebrity death match, and they had. Noel versus Liam like this is like in the 90s I remember watching it and then the conclusion of that match was that someone called Gallagher who I understand is a comedian who hits watermelons or something came in and won it and it was pretty unconvincing ending does that mean anything to you Uh, I used to watch that back on MTV too the claymation days yeah that's it that's it all right okay I see (laughs) that doesn't answer your question though but I don't know is is (laughs) If you had the opportunity on the same night to see Liam Gallagher perform or Noel Gallagher perform, is it just university you're going with Noel? Yeah, oh, definitely Noel Gallagher. Like, because Noel wrote all the songs. I believe like he's got the he's got the emotion behind them. Like Liam, he sings songs that his brother wrote, but doesn't get along with his brother. It just feels like karaoke to me. And on his most recent album, um, half of his songs are written by someone else, and I think that's quite important that. I think it's quite significant. I, I, if Liam was in town, I'd probably go and see him, but I wouldn't like travel to another city to see him. Whereas Noel, in the past year, I've seen him in four different places, four different cities. Oh shit! Did you yeah. see the, the news story where Noel Gallagher said, "Whenever I hear my brother's name, I want to shoot up a school." Yeah, that's not so great. That's not so. Hard, <laughs> no, <is it? laughs> no, that's yeah. Back well, uh, back in the day, Noel Gallagher got in a lot of trouble because he sa- he said he su- something to the effect of "I hope Damon Albarn gets AIDS," which was back in sort of '96, and that didn't go down very well at that point. So you know, he he can shoot his mouth off occasionally for sure, and I don't I don't condone that. All right, we got three quick like musical questions for you, and we're gonna get to our bigger topic as to another reason we invited you on. Uh, are you an Apple Music guy or are you a Spotify guy? Apple Music all the way, baby. Oh, really? You're the first Ooh. one who's been in Apple Music. Why? Why should I? pay my shekels to apple and not spotify well it's just because i always use, i always used itunes and i had probably thousands of cds which i loaded onto my itunes back in the day and when apple music came out it sort of thought felt like that's the continuation like why should i switch to spotify and it just it seemed confusing to me and i don't see they both look aren't they both the same really not really well, to be fair, I the only reason I want iTunes is because they have all of Jay-Z's music, but I like the interface of Spotify a lot. I like that like I can create a playlist and like easily share it with people, but I do there are other parts of the I like the Apple Music that I like. I know people who pay for both, which I think is just dumb, but if yeah, if I had that kind of money, I would probably like to pay for both. See, I listen to a lot of music in the car, and I have like the CarPlay thing. So, can I tell Siri to play an album and it will play it on Spotify? I don't think I can do that. Yeah, so there you go. Do your kids love Baby Shark? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've got a Baby Shark t-shirt, a Daddy Shark one. They love it. Awesome. 
Is that what we're talking about today? Oh, we're, we'll, we're all over the charts, man. <laughs> like, we will literally, I will literally go from listening to, like, hardcore hip-hop from the 90s to, like, 70s, like, just, like, the Almond Brothers. Like, I'm, Via Baby I'm, Shark. Yeah. He actually has Baby Shark on the top of his queue. Hey, to be fair, Baby Shark, the, one, of the, one of the teams in the Nationals, my baseball team, he comes out to Baby Shark every time he comes up to bat, and it gets electric <laughs> in the ballpark, let me tell you. Well, that, that's quite an annoying thing about having kids. One of many annoying things is that because um, they listen to music in the car or on the Apple TV or whatever, it messes up my algorithm. So I get like Baby Shark-related things <laughs> coming up on my For You tab. <laughs> it's quite annoying. <laughs> and if, uh, if I'm in public and people like see my, oh, like, my recommendations or my favorites mix, and it's got like... I don't know, some Disney person on it. It gets quite embarrassing. You ever have that problem where you have your, your playlist on shuffle and all of a sudden it starts playing some, some kids' songs and you're like, oh, damn it. Yeah, so I, I do. And I had to carefully... So I play, I play music in bars a couple times a week. I play guitar, like solo. And um, when I'm taking a break, I put my phone on and I put a few songs on. I have to very carefully curate those playlists to make sure that no Baby Shark comes out. <laughs> very cool. On a sidetrack, what guitar do you play? Uh, I have a Martin X series, the cheapest one that Martin does. The Made in Mexico, I believe? Quite possibly, yeah. It's, it's like the little small body, like the Ed Sheeran style one. Yes. I really like it. Yeah, that's cool. Very cool. Very cool. Um, so, back to music. Um, obviously, back in the 70s and 80s, uh, punk was very prevalent in the UK. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite UK punk group? The Clash, yeah. Okay. That's, that's a we approve. I, I, yeah, yeah. You can you can stay on the pod now. Um, what <laughs> the was Clash's um, live album at Shea Stadium is possibly the greatest live album of all time. I don't know if you've heard it, but they were supporting the Who at Shea Stadium, and it's like apparently pissing down with rain, and they they're like are, they're like basically trying to bait the crowd in between songs. It's brilliant, and their performance is like outstanding. My uncle was at that show. Wow, really? Was yeah. he, was, did he get rained on pretty hard? Of course. <laughs> we, with his uncle last week, we saw My Morning Jacket together out in Queens. Different uncle, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, this oh, is my uncle dis- Vinny. This is disappointing. That now I feel like a dick. Uh, what was the last album you physically bought? I'm not talking like going on iTunes and paying the like $11.99. I'm talking like you went and bought the CD, you bought vinyl, shit, you bought a cassette. What was the last album you physically bought hard copy of? Uh, the last Noel Gallagher's High Flying Birds albums. They're the only ones I buy now. All right. Are you a vinyl guy or a CD guy? I, my, my dad was really into music, and he had loads of vinyl, but we never had a player. We never had a vinyl player when I was growing up for some reason. So I never really got into that whole thing, and I get that it's much higher fidelity and better, but I went sort of straight from cassettes to CDs when I was, when I was a lad. Hot take. Do you think Courtney Love killed Kurt Cobain? <laughs> That's a complex question. Isn't it? <laughs> yes, because that's, the, that's the point. There's no yes or no answer to that, is there? Well, there is. There is. A, there's a factual answer, and there is an incorrect answer. I mean, from a legal perspective, no, but there's there's more to be said, and I don't I don't know if I want to explore that right now. <laughs> I okay. I, Why? What's your feeling? Oh, Courtney Courtney Love 100% killed Kurt. Kurt definitely, Kurt, like definitely, in one way or another, like. Isn't there like a Nick Broomfield documentary where it kind of explores that theory? Yes, uh, yes definitely. I think yes. Yes. Yeah. All right. So that brings us to Ryan and I were having this whole conversation. And I, and I said, so one of the things we do on the pod every week is we close with a top five. Usually it's like musically based. We've done like top five favorite beers. We've also done a couple like non-music related ones. But for the most part, we do like a top five with some sort of musical 
relation. So today, our top five, nice. since we we're talking about so much 90s alternative rock, we're going to do our top five albums, top five alternative rock albums from the 90s. And uh, we'll go five to one. We'll all go around. We'll, Ryan, I'll, you can go first. I'll go next. And then Joe can go and we'll move on down the list. So you're up first, nice. my friend. I will uh, preface this by saying this is absolutely my wheelhouse. My theory is that all the music I've ever wanted to hear was made between 1994 and 1999. So uh, we're right in the in the in the. Uh... I would agree with that, except I would give it 1990 all the way through, and it's either the 90s or the 70s for me. But I am a big 90s head. Okay, 70s. I, yeah, I'm really? my dad raised me on Zeppelin and and all that stuff, and yeah, yeah. Nice. Andrew has a lot of bell bottoms. I, I first of all, I would rock the <laughs> shit out of a tie dye t shirt and bell bottoms tomorrow if you gave them to me. I would just have to grow my hair out about like 18 more inches. Well, when you said 70s at first, my first thought was, does Andrew like disco? <laughs> and I was like, oh no, <laughs> I almost Zep- spit Zep- my Zep- beer <laughs> out. I literally almost just spit my beer out. I do like the Bee Gees. Because Rodney Marsh used to like uh, staying alive when we would come back from break, and that song, that's of course he yeah, did. that song hits. So I would play that on Grumpy Pundits all the time coming back from break because it, it's a great, it's a great rejoin song on a radio. Yeah, and the Clash are from the seventies. The stuff, that's yeah, true. like the, yeah, and the the Sex Pistols and and the Ramones and like I Queen started in the seventies. Absolutely, too, like there's yeah, yeah. I, and like it sucks that like the Beatles would have been kind of. Not really the Beatles at that point anymore, and also they weren't touring at that point. But I would still definitely do. Um, I, I I get down for the seven. I think what it is is also I've seen Almost Famous like a little bit too many times, and oh man, yeah, it's 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 all happening, Ryan. That's in my top five movies. If we ever get oh, to that one, well, I'll um, I might have to do that as a separate pod with you. I'll just invite you and somebody else on because Joe sucks at watching movies, so. Um, but we'll definitely, like, yeah, I don't know if that's in my Gladly. top five though. I, I have Ferris Bueller, but stay off my top five, but okay. I, I believe that, um, that movie is one of the reasons I became a writer, but anyway, okay. let's get um, down to business. I digress. Can I, can I start with my top five list? And I'm dragging this out, but can I start with some honorable mentions? No, no, no. I found this really save that for the, we're saving, we're going to, we all have honorable mentions. We're saving them for the end. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Then in it, in a number five, yeah. then color and the shape foo fighters oh that was t- that that didn't make my list but i'm gonna go with evil empire by rage against the machine ah my number five is weezer by weezer the blue album interesting okay well my number four is interesting then because my number four is pinkerton by weezer i like it's a great pick it's a great pick oh man these white white blue over pinkerton so i love pinkerton don't get me wrong but i feel as a f- as a flowing album the blue album just flows perfectly. I would agree with him. I think there's no bad track on the blue album and I can literally pick it up and put on any track and like just get down. But there are certain tracks from Pinkerton like Pinkerton uh, has my favorite Weezer song. Yeah, El Scorcho might be my favorite Weezer song. Tired of Sex. That's a banger. Yeah. yeah. Tired of oh, oh, they're all great. All right, number 4 speaking of the band that we, that started this whole conversation, I'm going to go Siamese Dream by Smashing Pumpkins. That's really? that's yeah. I I have a really big connection with that album. Silverfuck is if I ever get a radio show, Silverfuck is the song that I come into every day to start my show. It's got this incredible guitar riff where I could just see myself like rant, opening with a killer rant and killing kicking things off. That song's really good. Cherub Rock, Quiet, like, Quiet, Rockets on that album. Is today on that one? Today is yep. also on that album. Yeah, because uh, they opened the show with today, and it was brilliant. Yeah, yeah, I love that album, and I really liked their album before that. Gish is like one of my favorite driving albums. I used to, right. I it was always in my rotation when I drove up to college. Joe, before I get my number four, I will say 
Siamese Dream was one of my favorite drives albums, uh, driving around my dad's whip. And whenever the bass drum hit in Cherubrock, I would hit the brake and give the guys in the backseat a nice surprise. <laughs> nice. Uh, my number four is uh, Elliot Smith, Either Or. Oh, nice. I like it. Very nice. Elliot Smith didn't get near my uh, top five, but I can definitely appreciate that. Uh, shall I go to number three? Yes, sir. Achtung Baby by U2. That's a good choice. Joe's very great choice. Joe's very pumped about that. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna go with this uh, band based out of Seattle. I don't know if you've heard of them. They're called Pearl Jam, and uh, I'm gonna put ten. I was hoping you'd say Soundgarden because Super Unknown was in my honorable mentions. For sure. uh, it's up there. R.I.P. By the way, <laughs> my number three is a California band named after weed. Green Day, Dookie. Ah, oh, damn it. Well, I, I had Insomniac. Uh, I was considering. So I always I tend to go for the number two made album, and you tend to go for the number one made album. I've noticed. <laughs> it it changes. Joe, yeah, yeah. Joe had wait wait for it. Go ahead, Ryan. Go with your number two right. here. Number two is in in parentheses. What's the story? Morning, Morning Glory. Glory. Great album. I was some might say might be my favorite Oasis song. So that that's a song that kind of belongs on definitely maybe. It's got the same production as the previous album. And it's got that same sort of vibe to it, but oh. That album is just, start to finish, just unbelievable. I've heard a lot of people request that they change the British National Anthem to Wonderwall. Yep, I do that myself. <laughs> you, you say that, but like, um, when, I, when I play my aforementioned shows in the bars and restaurants, I like to say, I, I told you guys here, I'm, I'm from England, so if you just give me a moment, I'd like to play the British National Anthem. <laughs> then one gets all serious, like, oh God, this is going to be political. And then I play Wonderwall. <laughs> Wonderful. That's awesome. You need to... And then it's all, yeah, you... we changed it after Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, so my number two's already been taken. Dookie is, is another one up there. I used to skateboard around to my neighborhood to dookie on summer afternoons and i had a really great time doing that that sounds so american <laughs> i don't i don't apologize for that <laughs> i am i'm wearing a usa soccer shirt by the way ryan we didn't do what are you wearing we should have we really should have started the pod with that it's a bad job out of us uh, nothing actually oh okay. well that's not Ooh. true <laughs> sorry uh my number two is a band i'm seeing uh in october actually playing this entire album in its entirety that's the entire album in its entirety? Yes. <laughs> a little redundant. Built to Spill, Keep It Like a Secret. Ryan? I, I don't know what that is. Oh, boy. Really? We have a great afternoon for you, pal. You've, you've, hit, you've hit my blind spot. Yeah. What is that? It's, it's, in my opinion, it's the 90s defined in 11 songs. Oh. Well, now Apple Music's going to get a download later on. Yeah, Thank you. Keep It Like a Secret. Uh, our favorite track on the album is the third track, Carry the Zero, but... The yeah, whole album, not a bad song on the not album. Not a bad song in the album. If, wow. if you like guitar rock, that's that's the album for you. Well, I do. Okay, thank you. I'll get into that. Shall I? Uh, shall I re- reveal number one? Yes, sir. It's one that's. I uh, I'm not sure many people put it as number one in the '90s, but it's "Clarity" by Jimmy Eat World. Mm. Wow. Is that is that Bleed American and um. No, it's not. No, Bleed America it, is Bleed America. That's right. Yeah. That's yeah. A dumb it's question. the one before Bleed American. It was in 99 they released this one, known as the Led Zeppelin 4 of emo. And uh, I, I don't class it just as my number one in the 90s, my number one of all time. Okay. How many times wow. have you seen Jimmy Eat World then? 16. That's awesome. And still counting. <laughs> that's fucking <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty obsessed with Jimmy Eat World. Just like, I, I still remember. It's one of those albums where I still remember the exact moment I heard it for the first time and like flicking through the booklet that came with the CD and just getting chills from the opening track and 
it's, it's still it still does it for me every time. That's awesome. Well, after this interview, I know what we're going to do. We're going to listen to that album while I kick your ass in FIFA. I fucking <laughs> doubt you can kick my ass in FIFA. All right. Last one for me. This had to be said. I have a poster of him on my wall. Now, there's two people from the 90s that I have posters of on my wall. If you listen to this podcast. Michael right. Jackson. No, no Michael Jackson on my wall. No, I have, I have a Doors poster, Ryan. I have oh. a Sublime poster, and more importantly, I have a Kurt Cobain playing the acoustic guitar while smoking a cigarette poster. Uh, I'm going Nirvana with Nevermind because, again, if we're talking like in terms of flow, in terms of everything, like I, I if one album helped me find my voice in certain places, it was probably this out, al- probably Nevermind. Like that's good. Yeah, I solid. I mean. One thing I found out recently, did you know that they didn't think Teen Spirit might not even be a single? They thought In Bloom was going to be like the big yeah. radio hit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Crazy. And, and Teen Spirit was a, a women's deodorant, and, and, and Kurt's girlfriend at the time wrote on the wall, Kurt smells like Teen Spirit. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Joe, number one. Beautiful. Uh, it's no surprise to Andrew here. My number one is Modest Mouse, Lonesome Crowded West from 1997. Nice. Modest Mouse are a band I've seen a few times. I saw them at Glastonbury Festival in 2007 when they had Johnny Marr. And it was unbelievable because the crowd went nuts for Johnny Marr. I think the story with that was they they needed a guitarist and they sort of advertised for a guitarist like Johnny Marr and Johnny Marr applied for it. That's fucking awesome. I saw them with Johnny (laughs) Marr in 2007 or 8. It was The National, Modest Mouse, and R.E.M. Wow, that's a lineup. Yeah. Wow! All right, you got. I know you have a couple, um, a couple honorable mentions for us because I have a few and Joe has a bunch. Okay, hit me. Uh, I'll go with OK Computer by Radiohead. Narrowly made it. Super unknown, as I mentioned. Uh, Melancholy and Infinite Sadness would be my Smashing Pumpkins choice. Uh, Whatever and Ever, Amen by Ben Folds Five. I should have got in there. Dig Your Own Hole, The Chemical Brothers. Absolute love that album back in the day. Urban Hymns by The Verve. Uh, and I don't know if you heard of a band called Super Furry Animals from Wales. They had a band called, uh, they had an album called Radiator, which was massive. Probably didn't make it over here. And I think that's about it. Oh, Enema of the State by Blink One Eighty Two. I'll throw that into. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, here's what. Here's a few that I have. Enema of the State's actually a really, really good one. I would yeah. put the one before that too, which has like Josie and I Dude think, Ranch. Yeah, I think Dude, Dude Ranch, Dude Ranch yeah. is very good. I've got. Um, I, I I had keep it like a secret because I didn't make it. What's the story? Morning Glory, which obviously made it. Uh, Sublime, Forty Ounces of Freedom, might be like my favorite album of all time, but I don't think it's like one of the best alternative rock albums. If that makes any sense, uh, Californication by the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Dirt, nice. a- a- uh, Dirt by Alice in Chains. Uh, you mentioned the Soundgarden album. I would have hit on Animal by by Pearl Jam. Also, I feel like deserves to be mentioned. Joe. So I love Sonic Youth. Oh wait, hold on. Um, what's the big? Um, Gwen Stefani's big album for the 90s. Tragic Kingdom? Yes. No, no Doubt? Yes, with No Doubt. That one's really good. Yeah. So I love Sonic Youth. Uh, Goo by Sonic Youth from 1990s, one of my favorites. Um, Jawbreaker, Dear You, their last nice. album from 94. 93, 94, I forget. Um, Godspeed You, Black Emperor, uh, their debut release from 95 is up there. And Soundgarden, Bad Motor Finger from 92 is one of my all-time favorites. I could also okay. I could also throw out uh, "Core" by um, Stone Temple Pilots. Stone Temple Pilots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also R.I.P. Also R.I.P. So thanks for coming on the pod. Did you have fun? Was this a was this a memorable experience of talking about music of your youths? 
as I said to you in text message, I could probably talk about this for hours. So if you have another episode like this, I'll, I'll, I'm there. This is this is my wheelhouse. All right. Well, you're uh, you're probably gonna be on the second episode of season two. We did 15 episodes in our first season. We interviewed a local rapper. We interviewed a local musician. We interviewed an up and coming movie director. Yeah. And then my Ooh. dad came on for an episode. <laughs> we had nice. we had a producer from Sirius who released his top five people he wanted to have a cup of coffee with. So glad we could get you on the pod, my friend. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All guys. right. And so, yeah, follow him on Twitter and Instagram. Great soccer takes, even though last year he picked Liverpool to lose the league because they were going to, quote unquote, get injured. And that didn't happen. And we had 97 points and didn't win the title. Hang on. Did you win the league? We, we won the more important league. We won the Champions League, my friend. Ever heard of it? We won it for the sixth sure. time. Uh, I think my prediction holds pretty good. But we didn't lose it because we got injured. We we lost it because we might have been a little injured around Christmas. Mentally injured, too. Yes, definitely. <laughs> uh, look forward to a future appearance of Ryan on the Ghost Gold podcast when I nut up and ask him to come on the pod again. So look out for that. Uh, Twitter and Instagram, at Ryan J. Bailey. Go look out at his stuff. He's great. He's a good follow as well. And thanks for coming on, my man. Pleasure, chaps. Thanks again to my man, Ryan. So funny story about Ryan. I used to produce his radio show on Sirius XM. Yeah. Yeah. And then after his radio show, his, after his radio show ended, he approached me and asked me if I wanted to produce his podcast. And I used to produce the Dirty Tackle podcast from time to time and help them out. And I had a really good time doing that. Ryan's a great dude. I highly recommend following him at Ryan J. Bailey. Not only if you're a big soccer fan, you followed me over from Ghost Goal and and are listening to this podcast, you should definitely go check out Ryan. He's got some scalding hot takes. He's an AFC Wimbledon fan, and he actually is like a part owner of the team. Fuck, we should have asked him about that. He is a partial owner of a professional soccer team. This was about music. It's fair, but... but Trust me, I wanted to ask him plenty of questions about England and his, his British accent. He did voluntarily say he wants to come back. Next time. So we got him. We got him. Recurring guest, Ryan Bailey. Peace out. Thanks again. <laughs>